watch movies or TV shows If that's what you like You a stupid hoe With a book house kids Yeah, with a book house kids With a book house kids Bitch Back by popular demand, it is the Bookhouse <clears throat> Kids, the podcast where we talk about books. I am your host, Caleb Gross, and goddamn it, guys, do I need to say it again? I'm here with you Mr. Know. Steal Your Girl, Jonathan O'Neill. What's happening oh. with you, my brother? Hey guys, um, so I'm back by I'm back by popular demand as well to talk more about so books. you than the more podcast, so me honestly, than yeah, anyone really. I just want to say, hey, everybody who's been emailing the uh, Bookhouse Kids oh, at gmail.com, you. you know, like. Shut up about John O, though. I get that he's cooler than me, better spoken than me. Stop being jealous. And better looking Stop than it. me. You know, yeah. I don't care. They can say whatever they want about you. Uh, as long as they compliment me, that's okay with me. I'm and that seems to be the way things are going. Okay. But we're talking about Fahrenheit 451. Oh, Ray Bradbury. Or as Caleb would say, Ray Badbury. Ray Badbury. Ray Bradbury. <laughs> so he is a uh, a very well-respected author. Everyone reads them in high school. What, what book do they read by him in high school? Fahrenheit 451. Everyone reads that in high school. See, I didn't go to high school, so I don't know these oh, things. Oh, yeah. You were homeschooled. Yeah, well, n- not even that. Just dropped out freshman oh. year. But I was homeschooled before that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought so. Yeah, but for those of you who have read it in high school, kind of like, have you? did you read it in high school, Jono? I was supposed to, but I didn't. Cause, uh, you didn't go to high school either, huh? I did, but I'm, I wasn't you know, an idiot like you. I went to school, but I didn't, you know... Do well yeah but for those who have read it uh this is your chance to listen to two guys who didn't attend high school <laughs> shit on it so yeah uh ray bradbury wrote a lot of lot of books i've, I've actually read quite a few myself read more than i have yeah, sure. he's one of those authors though that I always like would read and not know why I was reading them because it wasn't even like I liked his books that much. Yeah, Caleb's not a big fan of his work as much as I am. Uh, I just I've just read the one book. You know, I haven't read the classic "Something Wicked This Way Comes," which is my next. No, get the fuck book. out of there. That's the worst uh, book. That's I've my ever read. next book I'm going to read, and I cannot wait. But um, anyways, yeah, Caleb, uh, Caleb, what do you have to say about this uh, this book so far? I mean, like, what what, what was your first? So thought about I would this say book? that. I, I'm the type of person that I read it just because, hey, it's uh, it's, it's, it's a classic. There. It's out there, yeah. You, you can't say you're the smartest man in the entire world without, without reading, reading Fahrenheit 451. So, of course, I'm going to read it. It is, it's a good book. I definitely get the purpose of it. And let's kind of get to that. Let's get to that for the listeners who haven't read the book. And for those of you yeah. who haven't, you're especially dumb because uh, they, they taught this in high school. Or our entire audience didn't go to high school like us and that's fine too because we support that but this book in a nutshell is about censorship it's about the idea of uh firemen going out instead of putting out fires they're setting fires two pages exactly fahrenheit 451 the exact temperature that pages burn at which i'm calling bullshit on that 100 but this book like it's a premise is pretty bare bones. It doesn't have that many characters. I'll just go through the characters real quick just so everybody knows who we're talking about throughout the podcast. We have Guy Montag. He is our protagonist. He is a uh, fireman setting fires two books and then we have captain betty he is the fire captain which is guy montag's direct superior is his boss we have mildred montag what a fucking hot name she has mildred uh she is the wife to guy montag which once again guy montag kind of some questionable names going on to say the least um we have faber 
who is an English professor who eventually kind of helps Guy Montag make sense of reading because Guy Montag's so fucking stupid, like our audience listeners, that he doesn't know how to read books. So... <laughs> There's that. And uh, then you have the last main character, the person who even really matters in the book, is Clarice McClellan. And she's a emo little 14-year-old. Goes against the grain. Uh, probably the exact type of girl that John O would be attracted to. I love Clarice. Clarice yeah, McClellan. 14-year-old women, hey? Uh, okay, well, we'll take, that off, take that off the podcast. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I like her a lot. Um, she's really cool. She is. Uh, she's very unique, and uh, she doesn't. She's fed up with society. She's fed up with the way that they burn these books just because. And how did they get to burning these books, John? Okay, like, so what the, is a society? The whole point for burning the books is because they want to make it so that no one gets offended. So the way that they do this is by burning every single book. People that have written ideas out that offend people, any minority that might get offended, they, they eliminate all of that possibility. But our uh, our character that the Caleb was talking about, Clarice, she's uh, she's very, like, the little things in life are so important. And uh, if you don't have people out there writing about stuff that uh, might be offensive, you're just not going to have a society. You're not going to have like uh, any change. Everything's going to be fucking still. And I'd agree with the most of that. Uh, it, it definitely deals with the idea of not wanting to offend people, not wanting to further culture through books because books are something that when they are written they're from a writer so that is a biased point of view yeah. so you are going to get different views of the world and different opinions in this book they really do a good job of uh showing in the i'll compliment it you know I'll, com I'll compliment the book when it gets it they did a good job of showing kind of a society without books they are the teenagers are speeding down the road attempting to hit people <laughs> just for they, fun just for fun and yeah. they like in this book takes place in 1999 classic sci-fi mistake yeah. already fucking happened right. come on but the but, but the cars would drive like 200 miles per hour and the kids would be trying to hit people everybody would just want to watch tv all day there was no real individual thought it was just everybody was doing the same thing it almost to me kind of leans to the side of power and them wanting to control like a docile culture a docile community Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's getting very similar to society today, I feel like. Um, but that's just uh, like a lot of dystopian That uh, is true. Are and that's are kind of yeah. reflecting society as of today or the future. And that's one thing a lot of people will say about this book, too, is when you think about its relevance today. Because anytime they try Censorship. to PC something or yeah. make it censored, you can always directly quote Fahrenheit 451 and say, well... Ray Bradbury was predicting it in 1953. Like, what are you going to do? with the mechanical hound on me? And going back to uh, Clarice McClellan in this book, she kind of is like the crux and the uh, reason why Guy Montag begins to want to read books and questions what he's doing and the way that his society lives. To jump in to a cool part of the book that kind of in microcosm shows the society when guy montag first encounters his wife in the book is after going on a walk with clarice and clarice brings up questions that he hasn't thought about she's living differently than the uh the average person at the time period mm -hmm. she does appreciate those finer things in life mm -hmm. and when he goes home he sees his wife OD'd from pills. Yeah, which is kind of just like... But this is a normal thing to Guy Montag. It's a normal routine. Uh, she's just always 
ODing on the stuff. And the weird thing is that he brings in these people to help her, and the way that they do it, they use this like weird vacuum. They vacuum the pills out of her throat. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. They do it with just no uh, no emotion whatsoever. One of them smoking a cig, doing it. Yeah, yeah, kind of shows like how they just uh, replace her entire soul or her entire being with just another being. You could say that they uh, lacked empathy. Oh yeah, very very much so. They could really use mercerism. It's such a it's a good way to show the society in this book. And the society in this book isn't like I mean we say dystopian and we say like an oppressive government, but these people are like self imprisoned because they're so stuck in their ways. Yeah, I mean like they're not like it's really uh, a culture of stupidity. Yeah, kind of essentially. Yeah. The question that really sets him off loose here that Clarice asks him is, "Are you happy with your life? Also, are you happily married?" And when he cannot answer these with 100% guaranteed, asks him with 100% truth, he kind of has this crisis going on, this existentialism going on in his head. And that kind of just creeps into the book from here on out. And when that happens, he, he will do his routine fire drills going in, setting fire to books. And one night he encounters a woman who is willing to die with her books. She wants to be burnt down with her books. If they're going, she's going too. And eventually the firemen do burn her alive. Well there though, Guy Montag steals a copy of the Bible, which what a shitty book. If you're going to get one book from the fucking library, go for something a little bit with a little bit more sauce, you know? But the uh yeah i would agree there but um uh the bible has a lot of symbolism in this book especially this the two books that he uh, has and he he tries so hard to remember ecclesiastes and revelations ecclesiastes there's some lines in there that uh really flow well with the book I, i'll have to remember those later on revelations really fits well with the end of the book Mm-hmm. Um, which we can talk about later once we delve into the ending. I would say that it's very relevant to this, the 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 flow of events, though the, the what he picked up from that old that poor lady's house. And after picking that up from the lady's house, this is the first time he's really been driven to read books. Now this isn't the first. John, are you dying on us? No, I'm sorry. I was just. Uh, I was thinking about if all my books were getting burnt. <laughs> this smoke got to you. Yeah, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Go on. Back to it. Uh, come to find out that Guy Montag has been stealing books for a while now. He's got about 20 books buried out by his air conditioning unit. And this is the first time he's ever really felt a drive to read the books. So he reads the books. He tries to have his wife, Mildred, read them with him. And Mildred is any, really any girl, a depiction of any girl, too stupid to know how to weed. Okay, a little sexist there, man. But yeah, she's kind of dumb. Not like Clarice at all. She's like the exact opposite of Clarice. She just wants to be, she wants to fit inside society as much as she can. So, And once they begin reading, Mildred soon quits out, decides it's not for her, obviously. Um, and Guy Montag continues to read, but is having a hard time understanding the literature. This is a man who hasn't read. He doesn't know what books really are all about. He doesn't know the reason why he's burning books. And he travels to Faber, who is an English professor, a retired English professor, that he once came across and he knows would be able to help him out in his pursuit of knowledge. Yeah, so he. This is like at the training, the training of the uh, the Padawan, the apprentice, learning how to to read books and uh, kind of retain that knowledge, even though it can never be complete reta- completely retainable. 
In one scene, Faber, he comes back home and reads out loud a passage from a book to Mildred and one of her friends, at which point the friend is freaked the fuck out. Why is this crazy person reading a book, God forbid? And she starts crying, leaves. Mildred's very upset, straight takes a bunch of pills. Typical yeah. for her. In the next day, Captain Betty wakes up with a very guilty conscience. He wakes up, he's unable to go into work. Captain Betty comes in to visit Guy while he is ill at bed and kind of makes some passive threats at Guy, indicating, hey, we think you're reading books. Yeah, very much so, implying that he's uh, going through the same thing that a lot of firemen go through, that where they have this phase where they want to read books, and he's just like, hey, he kind of implies like you're probably reading books don't worry about it take a couple sick days and then come back and start burning these books again and that's what guy does he takes the day off he goes back to work the next day and they get a call for another house that needs to be burnt down because they're hiding books or harboring books there and lo and behold it is guy montag's house himself and guess who called him in the snake of a woman, Mildred Montag, <laughs> called his ass in and said, fuck, he's got books. I don't like his ass anyway. So she calls yeah, him in and cool. this is where the book really heats up, pardon the pun. Uh, Guy Montag sets fire to Captain Betty, which Captain Betty, I want to mention this, Jono, is instigating the matter and also quoted books throughout the book. Do you believe that Captain Betty wanted to die because he knew what he was doing was wrong? Yeah, I believe. I actually believe believe so i think, I think so as he well. was he actually was a fan of books himself and he was he quoted he was, them throughout he was it, pushing that that passion inside holding it inside he and was he in the gave closet. guy the flamethrower and antagonized him to kill him i yeah. think he just wasn't willing to do what guy did mm -hmm. i believe that's uh wholeheartedly yeah that's a, that's a theory that a lot of people uh believe about the book and i think that's uh, a very uh plausible theory and once Guy Montag sets fire to Captain Betty, obviously shit hits a fan. Mm -hmm. He has to set fire to a mechanical hound that is just fucking terrifying. This book, they have a, uh, instead of, you know, the regular Dalmatian at the fire department, they have a mechanical hound that is... almost like a spider-like thing. It's like weird terrifying. Creepy, yeah. It has injectors in all of its claws, and it can trank you, destroy you, it can do whatever. Mm-hmm. And the um, mechanical hound does trank Guy's leg. And Guy has on fire as well, right? And then Guy has yeah. to blow that ass up for sure. He, he ain't going out. This is where he becomes a real That's fireman. my guy. Yeah, you know? that's my guy. That's my guy. And he sets fire to the mechanical hound and flees to Faber's house. And when he gets to Faber's house, Faber lets him know of a group of men who also are fugitives that love books. Sets him on a path to find them. Mm hmm guy goes and finds this covenant of men who are retaining knowledge from books and they don't even have the books on them they're going purely off of memory off for, yeah retaining the knowledge and uh it's, it's a really cool part of the book i think it's it's a really enlightening uh section where you just kind of learn the power of literature itself and where we would be without literature and uh, shortly after meeting these people the true ending of the book happens a war that was imminent and not really mentioned and described throughout the book. You knew there was a threat of it, but it was never a central no part. Yeah, yeah it, because it wasn't a central part of the book at all. They don't want any kind of panic to happen in the society as well. So but a war, a war that was imminent yeah. dropped nuclear bombs on the city that Guy was at and essentially the United States. And Guy was able to avoid these by being with the people out in the countryside. The entire world has been exploded by nuclear warfare. And I, I did like this part of the book. One 
one of the uh, men in that covenant spoke of the phoenix and the way that they were from the ashes going to rebuild society the correct way. Different aspect of fire itself used in a different way than how Guy was using it in the beginning of the novel. It comes full circle. And they use it also as like a campfire to, to feel warm and also as a, as a rekindling of uh, you know, talking with people. And, uh, you know, they, they just look at how fire can be a uh, double-edged sword, I guess the phrase would be. So with that ending, though, Jono, uh, what are you going to give this book on a scale from 1 to 10? Okay, um, now you might say Ray Badberry. I'm going to say Ray Greatberry. Ooh. Um, Ray Blueberry, because I like blueberries a lot. I'm going to give this book 10 out of 10. It's a fucking, it deserves to be a classic. It, de- it deserves to be read. It's a it's a well-written book. It's poetic, and I did not see like how poetic this book was going to be when I first heard. I thought it was going to be like a cut-and-dry sci-fi book. And it was written so like poetic and beautiful. It just felt almost like stream of consciousness. And uh, the symbolism is just fucking magnificent. And it's an awesome book. Highly, rec- highly recommend it. Um, my top five gonna be number uh, number two. So another one in the top five for Jono. And I'm gonna call this book a classic for concept. The reason why it is a classic is the concept of the book. I don't think it's the best book. I don't think it's the best way it could have been written. I don't even necessarily think it's a great book. I'm gonna give this book a seven point five out of 10. It is a great concept. I get why people like it, but it's not Ray Bradbury's best work. And frankly, it's really not my type of book. 7.5 out of 10 is where it's going to sit for me. Definitely a must read. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, but sometimes a must read is not a great book. Yeah. Must read's not a great book for everybody. Um, you know, sometimes you're in a classic that everyone likes and you won't like it as much as everyone else. It's and speaking of another classic that some people don't like as much as the other, next week's episode, we're going to be talking about The Trial by Franz Kafka. Franz Kafka. And thank you once again for listening. Any and all of you that are uh, fucking with us, that's awesome. And we'll be back next week. But until next time, in the words of John O. Smell ya later.